0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete, with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Melanie Diane Howe, and we're going to explore relationship building with live video. If you've always wondered how you can create content using live video that will ultimately create a really loyal and engaged audience. And you want to stick around for today's episode, by the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. If you're new to this podcast, would you be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content? One last little update starting today, we are going to be publishing this episode of the podcast on YouTube in video form. And you can simply go over to YouTube and search for Social Media Examiner and subscribe if you want to watch me and my guests starting with this episode, episode 499. And next week, we're celebrating our 500th episode. So I'm excited to bring that special episode to you. Is your blog missing out on valuable Google search traffic? Are you spending hours creating amazing content and you get crickets? You need a guide. Someone to help you discover actionable SEO and traffic building tactics that actually work. And your solution is the Blogging Millionaire Podcast with Brandon Gailey. Brandon gets more than 5 million monthly visitors from over 100,000 first page Google rankings. He knows what he's talking about. When you apply what you'll learn, you'll start to see every blog post compete for a first page ranking. You'll get tons of free traffic and start to see your business head in the right direction with every post you make. His listeners have gone from 10,000 to 100,000 visitors a month using his techniques. Open your podcast app right now and do a search for Blogging Millionaire to find Brandon's show. Then follow his podcast and commit to downloading the last five episodes. The show has had more than 500 five-star ratings. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. All right, let's transition over to this week's interview with Melanie Diane Howe. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Melanie Diane Howe. If you don't know who she is, you need to know who she is. She's a marketing coach that specializes in empowering female entrepreneurs to make better connections with live video. Her podcast is DIY Marketing School. And her course and group coaching program is called Live Video Bootcamp with Mentor Mel. Melanie, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Michael. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this.
0: Well, today, Melanie and I are going to explore how to build powerful relationships with live video. Now, before we go there, I would love to hear your story. How did you get into live video? Start wherever you want to start.
1: Yeah. So I would say that it all started for me when Facebook decided to kind of unlock this new feature of live video. And it was a few years ago. I mean, it was a number of years ago, back in like 2015,
0: 2016. Yeah, that's about right.
1: I got that feature and As a marketing social media strategist, I had an agency at the time where I was, you know, quote unquote, a social media expert. And I'm holding up air quotes as I say that. But I helped a lot of local small businesses with social media and putting themselves out there with social media. And so this new feature came out and... I was a little bit nervous about it. And I was kind of like, what is this? And I started seeing some, you know, influencers and big names kind of using it. But I was a little bit like taken back. But then it really got pushed on me where I was like, I have to explore this. And so really, I kind of just jumped in. And I actually walked into my office one day. I had two interns with me. And I said, uh, ladies, we're about to go live on Facebook. And they looked at me terrified. They're like, what? And I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. So I propped my little phone up on a stack of books. And we faced the window in my office and, and we went live for the first time. And And that is the very first time I ever went live. But honestly, fast forward and Quite frankly, I've seen the results that you can get. I made some amazing connections in my live videos with people all over the world. And I started going live regularly in my Facebook group to do Q&As, really. And I wanted to offer support to small businesses and marketers and I kind of realized that by doing these Q&As, I was learning about them. I was able to help them, but I was also learning about the questions they were asking. So I was able to learn about the struggles they were having, which enabled me to get to know my audience even better. And so I really started to fall in love with how live video felt like a conversation online versus just me making a post and then hoping people would like it, share it or comment on it. It just felt really different. And so I became very fond of live video very quickly.
0: So you first went live right around when Facebook live was launched. It sounds like 2015, 2016. And Was that a good experience for you? I mean, had you ever done anything like it before? I mean, were you someone who spoke in front of audiences in the past or did you freak out a little bit? Like, just tell us about that experience (laughs) because I want to understand what that first experience was like. And somewhere along the line, you said, well, maybe this is something I ought to put a flag in the ground and do. You know what I mean?
1: I love that question. Yeah, that's actually a really fair question, too. So for me. I think because I walked into my office, I had these two innocent interns. I was like, we're doing this. And I felt this, you know, mentor in me saying, we're going to do this and you're going to be great and it's going to be fine. I kind of like hid behind that sort of like persona of myself, but it was a little bit nerve-wracking. I mean, it was kind of like all of a sudden people started commenting and it was a mystery. It felt so weird. I'm talking to my phone, I see my face on this phone, but I don't really know what's happening on the other side. I don't even know if I sound okay or if I look okay. And it felt a little bit dangerous, (laughs) you know what I mean? But I didn't go live all the time. It was kind of like one of those things that took energy. It took me energy to build up to do it. I always remember that feeling of that right before you click, like go live, that feeling of, you know, just almost like anxiousness and nervousness, because it does feel a little bit like you're about to walk out on stage. And I have had done some public speaking, very light public speaking, just locally in my community. And I've never really been a stranger to being the center of attention or being kind of out there. I mean, Michael, I don't know if you know this, but I was my high school mascot for three years.
0: What was the mascot? We got to (laughs) know.
1: So it was a big purple fuzzy bear cat mascot outfit.
0: All right. So you were a bear cat, but that's a little different because like you're wearing a mask when you're doing that, right? Totally.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So this is no mask. This is the real Melanie, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you want to wear a mask when you go on live video, you certainly can, but I don't necessarily recommend it. So I wasn't necessarily a stranger to, you know, doing things and being out on a stage per se, but this did feel different to me. And I think a little bit of it was, it's technology, it's video. And again, like I said, you can't see the faces or the looks on anyone's faces as you're talking. And so you don't even know if anybody's listening. You can't even see who's technically watching you. And so that feels a little strange. But I will say that the more I started doing it, I just got more used to it. And it just kind of sort of became something. And I know that, you know, A lot of people say that they say, the more I go live, the more I do it, it just becomes part of what I do. I don't really even think about all those things anymore. I just get up, get ready, go live. And there we are. But yeah, so that's kind of how it was for me, at least as in the beginning.
0: (laughs) So what was the transition point where you said, okay, I'm going to use this video, this live video thing and kind of help coach people, right. And really just guide them through a business venture. Like what was the turning point?
1: Yeah, so I guess I would say that I started actually teaching and helping people learn how to create live videos years ago. I think 2016, 2017, I started to do local workshops, teaching businesses how to do marketing. And naturally, live video was one of those lessons or modules in those physical workshops. So I enjoyed teaching people how to use the format, but I wasn't really necessarily what I would call a live video expert or even somebody who was consistently or regularly using live videos. It was brand new at the time. It was really just another option for what people could do. But really about three years ago, I kind of started to just get a little bit stuck, a little bit stale. I started to get a little bored with my marketing, to be quite honest with you, Michael. And so I started to really lean in a little more to live video because quite frankly, it was the only type of format where I could literally go say, I'm doing social media But it's not just me creating something, walking away, and just hoping it works. It was me literally live in the moment talking— it felt very natural. And also people were able to respond to me while I'm creating social media content. And I really loved that factor of it. And so I really started to lean in more and I've started to mention, I really started to see major results for myself and also my audience about a year and a half ago when I became really consistent and just started really leaning into it, leveling up my videos, creating better videos, just upgrading because I was to a point where, hey, it's time to try some new things. And with the Apple, applications that are out there now that you can use to create live videos. I mean, you can share your screen, you can display comments, you can invite guests, you can do so many things. It's not just you like I was that one day with my phone propped up on my books with just me in a square video feed in the Facebook feed. I mean, and you can go live on all the social media platforms now. So the options are almost endless with the kind of content you can create. But it was really about the connections I was making and building the relationship with my audience that made me, quite frankly, kind of addicted to it.
0: So bringing us up to the present time, what are you doing now specifically related to live these days, if you will?
1: Yeah, so I go live a lot. So I go live for myself on my own channel. I also go live on behalf of you know other people's content sometimes as well, but I love to multi-stream. So I don't just go live on one platform you know, and then just say, okay, great, there's where I am. I go live on Facebook, I go live in a Facebook group and I go live on YouTube. And I do it absolutely every single week. I do a weekly show where I essentially come to the table, I have something to talk about, but it's really an open format live Q&A. And we talk about live video and we talk about marketing but then I also will sometimes bring on guests or I'll do pop-up streams where, hey, I just got this new camera, check it out. Or, hey, did you see this you know, new feature that just came out? Let's talk about it. You know, And so I do a lot of pop-up videos as well, but I'm live every week. In fact, I'm live, like I said, multiple times a week, both on my own channel as well as other channels as well. And I love to be a guest on other people's content too. So you know, some people say, oh, I have that one day where I get video ready. Every day is potentially video ready for me, to be honest with you.
0: Well, I'm super grateful that you shared that journey and that story. There's some people listening right now, you know, as we're recording this in 2022, who are a little skeptical, maybe even though they know friends who have gone live or others like you or me that have gone live on a regular basis, but maybe they just haven't rationalized in their mind exactly what the big advantage is. So what do you want to say to those people? Why is live video so valuable for the entrepreneurs and marketers that are listening right now and creators.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're studying marketing, if you're doing any kind of research, if you're trying to build a marketing strategy, you know, that video is a big piece of what you should be focused on. I mean, video is such a great way to get to know for your audience to get to know you. But I think a lot of that is simply because, you know, people, they only want to spend so much time researching the right fit for whatever it is they're looking for, whether it be education, whether it be to buy a car, whether it be to find an attorney, who knows, right? I mean, people, they don't want to spend a lot of time doing all this research. They want to kind of navigate that and find something quickly. And you know, reading stuff and jumbling through posts and jumbling through articles and all the things isn't necessarily the fast way for them to get through that process. And so video is a fast way for you to make a difference, make an impact for them to get a good feel of who you are. It's that whole like, no interest factor, right? And video is just becoming more prevalent. People are becoming more accustomed to seeing video from businesses. And so, you know, that's one big piece is just in general, the way that consumers are doing their research and navigating the marketplace, video is becoming all over the place. It really is everywhere. But when it comes to live video, even as scary as it may sound for a lot of people because you are live, (laughs) video is one thing, but live video, Melanie, you're crazy. Live video really just cuts through everything. I think that live video if you're ready to build a relationship with your audience and you want to kind of filter through and help people make a good decision about whether you're a good fit for them, and quite frankly, that means that you're helping yourself. They're either a good fit for you or they're not. When you're live, you can actually create relationships. You can actually have conversations in the moment. And at the same time, live video has this general rawness to it that is, quite frankly, very authentic. And I think that people are craving authenticity as they have been for a few years.
0: Well, and I want to add a couple of thoughts to this. We produce a lot of video at Social Media Examiner. If anybody's seen our YouTube channel, you can see the work that goes into creating video. It is substantially easier to create a live stream than it is to do a recorded video because there is no editing that needs to be done. If you make a mistake, you just keep rolling with it. And literally, if you want to create an hour-long video, you go live and you shut it off in an hour and you're done. To create like a... 10 minute video on our YouTube channel. We fly people in studio. We have to have our team here. We have to have multiple takes. Then we have to edit all that stuff, which means we have to transport it off to our editing crew in Austria. Then it has to go through multiple levels of review. Then we have to add music tracks to it and just all this stuff (laughs) that you don't have to do. It costs a fortune to create these smaller videos. It's a massive, massive undertaking. Go in live. Literally costs you nothing but the amount of time that you're live. I feel like for many people, even though that sounds scary, it's extremely efficient. Don't you agree?
1: Oh, I love how you said it. I mean, I'm worn out just you go through the process of pre-recorded videos. And I agree. I mean... Even though it sounds nerve-wracking or a little bit risky, I think it's really what people, they're like, oh, but what if I make a mistake or what if something thing goes wrong? Really, that's the only thing that you have to kind of work yourself through. The only thing it takes to create a live video today is your phone. I mean, you can literally grab your phone and go live. You could do it right now. In five minutes, I could show you all the bells and whistles of any you know live streaming platform, you don't even have to have that. You can just literally go into any of these social networks almost and create a live video, just like you said. So the barrier of entry to creating these videos is very, very minimal. I mean, it really is. And I agree. You go live, you're in the moment, you can't overthink, you can't perfectionist. It's time you show up, you get it done, you're out of there. And guess what? You just created an amazing, engaging piece of content that not only just created content for your audience right then, it stays and you can repurpose that content. So it's a very versatile piece of content as well, which I know we're not really probably not even going to get into any of that, but I love live video because it is very versatile as well. But to your point, you get in it, you do it and you're done.
0: Well, and I think the part that many marketers are going to really key in on that you've said over and over again is the interaction and the relationship, because that's what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today, which is One thing we all want as marketers is we want a loyal and engaged following. You said no like, and trust, right? Well, if you can engage with people live and you can build those relationships with them, that is smart marketing. And that's the side of live video that we're going to be talking about for the rest of today's interview. So maybe at a high level, you can kind of describe your strategy, the elements of your strategy, and then we can go ahead and kind of talk about some of that.
1: Yeah. No, I'd love to. So the thing that when I say building relationships and one of the reasons why I love live video for creating and building relationships is because it really is two-way interaction. So as I mentioned earlier, you can create a post. You can even create a pre-recorded video, upload it, post it. And then you're basically sitting and waiting. It's kind of like sending someone a letter in the mail, waiting for them to get it and waiting for them to send you a letter back versus get on the phone and have a conversation, right? And so live video is really that. And so I do think that you want to approach your live videos knowing that you want to be having these conversations. You don't want to just show up, deliver a bunch of content, ignore everybody, and then turn it off. So the whole point is to create those relationships. And so I do think there are some factors that go into a live video that can do that versus a live video that maybe isn't going to serve that strategy. And so a big piece of that is actually going to be your format. So the format of your show, literally the structure of your show what you're doing in your show and all of that. And we can dive into that a little bit more, but also the people. So you want to be strategic about who you're putting in your live videos, whether it be that one person who's actually hosting the show versus other people you might bring into the show as well. And then the third really key area here, probably the most important is your engagement strategy, how you're actually interacting with your audience, but also how you're fostering engagement, how you're triggering them to engage with you because really you want to go live and one of your key objectives needs to be getting people to show up to your live while you're live and engaging with you, commenting with you while you're actually delivering your live content.
0: Well, I love that you started with show formats because I think this is really important for people to wrap their brain around because so many people are like, what in the world am I going to do when I'm live, right? So why don't you talk to us about some of the different formats that you and your customers or clients have used just so people can understand like what's possible with live video.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I have to be really disciplined here because I could probably talk for hours about show formats and the different types of shows that you could create. Because honestly, it really is limitless. You can create so many different shows, but let's talk about a couple or a few of the ones that I think are going to be the greatest place to get started, but also give you the depth that you want when it comes to the strategy. And the biggest one is a lot of your strategy needs to be around teaching people stuff. So educating them. So actually educating people in your live videos. And there are a number of ways you can do this. You can actually do tutorials. So you can share your screen and show someone how to do something on a computer. Like you can show them an application. Maybe you can show them how to apply for a loan at your bank or something, for example. So you can not only show them things within your business online, you can also show them other things. You can share presentations, slides, think webinar style, think keynote style, right? You can actually do these things very easily with a lot of the new applications that are out there.
0: I want to key in on that because so many people, especially people who are in the business of they've got a complex product or they maybe are a coach or they're maybe like financial people and they're showing off charts and stuff. Mm -hmm. They might already be watching videos of people that are sharing the screens or showing how to use the software that were quote unquote professionally edited and recorded, but you can do the exact same thing live and maybe you have given a presentation to some of your customers in the past and you've done it over zoom. Well, guess what? You can do the exact same presentation live, right? So all of a sudden I think things are starting to trigger in people's minds. Oh, Mm -hmm. wait a second. I can take that very same content that I have done privately and I could do it publicly. And all of a sudden I have a nice video afterwards. Yes. Right.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that. You said that you're getting me all jazzed up here because honestly I'm sure most of your audience have content strategy. I mean, heck, your podcast has all kinds of great episodes, so many great articles about how to create a content strategy. Any idea you've ever had about a seminar, about a blog post, about a podcast episode, even about a really long form social media post is also going to be a great idea for a live video. It's just a different way of presenting it. And as Michael said, I love that you said that because those one-on-one conversations you're having, even if it's at the coffee shop or the bar, you can take that exact same series of questions that that person just asked you where you just sat down and geeked out over whatever it is you do. You can take that exact same thing and actually present it in live video and your audience is gonna comment and question and you're gonna be able to take care of them while you're live delivering the content. So you're absolutely correct. Now, the other type of educational videos you can do is you can literally physically show people how to do things. So maybe you have a company where you have a product. I have a really good friend. She owns a vacuum store. She actually owns a vacuum store here at locally in my town. And she does a lot of videos where she will actually say, here's how you take this apart. Here's how you take the roller out, clean it. Here's what you need to do here. Here's how you do this. She's actually showing people how to use some of the products. And you know what that's doing? It's not only helping people that maybe have that product, learn how to use it and do things properly. She's also future pacing somebody. Somebody's looking at that thing. Oh, wow. That is actually really easy to do. I can do that. I can do that. Oh, I love that. They feel more empowered. They feel more confident. And you really just sort of like help them make buying decision. And they didn't even come in your store yet. They're going to walk in and say, I want not vacuum. Tam was just showing right there because I saw this video about it and it was so easy. I want to give it to me now. So teaching, literally teaching people how to do stuff, educating. So that's the first format I wanted to talk about was what can you share? How can you help people? Now, Where can you come up with these ideas? Think about the questions you get asked, but also think about the things you wish people would ask so that they would be maybe better informed so that they could actually be a better customer. So some of your educational videos could actually be some of that pre-training or some of that pre-information that's gonna get them ready so that then when they do walk in your door, they're actually more prepped and more primed to be a better customer for you and ready for your services. So that's also a really, really great way to be educating. I mentioned Q&As earlier. Doing Q&As is also educational content. I wouldn't necessarily say you should start out of the gate with Q&As. You need to get your audience a little bit ready, but you can always follow anything you do with, hey, I'll take a few live questions. Let's do some Q&A. And so I love that format as well. Now, with that being said, I also love another type of format, and that is going behind the scenes. When you can go behind the scenes and demystify something for your audience, you are going to not only educate them, as I just mentioned, but you're also going to kind of like create a different type of interest. If you can create a level of anticipation or get someone on the edge of their seat or, as I mentioned, demystify something it's just interesting content. I mean, it really just is interesting content. I really think that's one of the reasons why reality TV became really popular was because we were seeing behind the scenes in the show, right? And so, you know, if you have something, a process that seems really complicated, don't be afraid to show some behind the scenes footage of how you do something. So think of it as the back of your office, the back of your store and show how things are done. Restaurants can do this. They can show how they harvest herbs when they're using fresh herbs in some of their dishes. That's a behind-the-scenes thing. There's an interesting one. Like, If you're in a fire department, go show them how the jaws of life works. <laughs> I mean, the jaws of life is this like thing we hear about, but do we really know how it works and what does it actually look like? Give us a tour of it. Show it to us. Give us a tour of your office. Show us your equipment. Behind-the-scenes is key. I mean, obviously, I'm a live video strategist, and I help people with live videos, But my audience loves it when I turn on my behind-the-scenes camera and I can literally show them my set, show them how many cameras I have, show them where my lights are, show them the equipment. They absolutely love it. And it triggers even more questions. And it also creates trust because you're pulling back the curtain. You're letting people in a place where maybe they're not used to being invited into. And so we always want to be building that trust. And so I love that. It creates a connection that, that people can have with you. And then, really, the third major one that I want to point out because I think it's really important and it actually will make a big impact in your live videos is bringing on guests. So, actually having other people in your live videos, which is another really great thing. You mentioned earlier, Michael, flying people in and all these things. With live video, You don't have to fly anybody anywhere. I mean, Michael, you're in California and I'm here in Indiana right now. And here we are creating content together. We're hanging out. We're actually on video and we're recording a podcast. And I am literally sitting in my basement and you're sitting in your office. I didn't have to book a plane ticket. I have to do anything except turn on my computer and get ready to go, right? And so with these applications that are available to us now, having guests in your shows is easier than ever. And honestly, your guest doesn't have to have anything fancy. You don't have to have a fancy studio. They really just need a phone as well. And so having guests is very doable these days. And you can bring all kinds of people in your shows. And what that's going to do is you're adding, again, another layer of interest and value to your audience. And honestly, a lot of times those guests are going to share your live content, which might expose you to a whole new audience. So I really love those formats. Those are the three major formats. As I said, I could geek out all day long about formats, but those are the three ones that I think that are really good place for a lot of people to get started and really get, like I said, that momentum with their live video strategy.
0: Well, and I think the guest thing is a big deal for a lot of us because, you know, I've been doing this for years with my talk show, the social media marketing talk show, where I bring on a guest and we just talk and then everybody else gets a chance to like experience it and chime in if they want to. But it makes it so much easier for me because I don't have to have the whole thing figured out myself, right? Oh, yeah. And that guest could be a fellow employee. It doesn't have to be an outside guest, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You could just bring two people together and have a conversation just like we're having. We're not recording this live, but we could. We just aren't. Mm -hmm. Right. And it just makes it so much easier. So now that we've had kind of a high level overview of all the different options, like the educational content, the adding in the live Q&A, the behind the scenes, and of course the interviews or guests and co-hosts, let's talk about the people part of it because not everybody should be a guest on your show and not everybody who's listening should maybe be going live. Maybe there's someone else in the company. So talk a little bit about who's the right person. Cause this is one of those questions. A lot of people have, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody might be excited about creating live videos and implementing live videos in their marketing strategies. But one thing you might be scratching your head is, is "Hmm, who are we going to put in these live videos? I mean, there's certainly a number of ways you can look at it. I am absolutely a believer that anyone is capable of showing up on video and being able to deliver content. I absolutely am a firm believer of that. But you know, you might have a few key members that are maybe a better fit than others. But let's just help you get, you know, thinking about who you might want to be doing this with. Let's start with who should be making connections with your prospective customers and your existing customers, right? So let's start out there. That's really an easy place to start. This could be the owner of your business. This could be your sales staff or your customer service people. The people that are customer facing are likely to be some of those key team members that you want to consider putting on live video. Now, if you're in a business that's maybe all virtual or e-commerce or whatever, well then who's answering the phone? Who's answering the emails? Who's your support staff? Those are some people. that you want to consider putting on your live videos. Because as I mentioned earlier, one of the best formats you can use is educating people. So these are the people that are educating, but at the same time, as I mentioned, one of your big objectives is to create relationships. So I always love to use this scenario. So, you know, when we're all shopping for cars, when we have plenty of inventory to shop, right? But when you're driving onto a car lot, there's a stigma there. There's a thing you feel. You're like, all right, I'm going to walk out. As soon as I get out of my car, it's going to be about... 14 seconds before somebody's walking up to me saying, how are you doing today? You know, and there is that stigma. Not every dealership has the same thing, but it's kind of a thing, right? But what if I drove up on that lot and somebody walked out and I'd say, oh, hey, it's John. You're John. I love the video you did the other day about changing tires. Or what if I drove up on that live? Somebody walked out and I said, hey, would you mind asking if Sherry's here? I really want to work with Sherry. I love watching her videos. I just have talked to her online a little bit in her videos. If she's here, is she available to talk? Imagine that experience, right? Not only for your customers, but for your staff. They walk out and they feel like, hey, we've already met we've never met before, but we kind of have. And so that's the experience that you want to be trying to kind of create and trying to think about. So who are those people that need to be able to have those relationships? And this goes, you know, if we're looking at the car dealership, same thing with maintenance. I'm driving into the maintenance part. I mean, there's nothing wrong with me knowing the guy who's changing my tires or the girl who's actually going to be lifting the hood and changing my oil or doing whatever. Don't be afraid to put those people in your content either. These are people that are Building relationships and they're going to create long lasting relationships. And when you can make connections online, you're making your actual process of everything else a lot simpler. So start out with that. Now, It comes down to who can share information. I just, we just talked about customer facing people, but don't be afraid to, as I mentioned, look in the back of the business, right? So who's in the back of the business, maybe not customer facing, but they're still a part of it. So if I'm going and I'm going to be buying or going into a restaurant and I'm going to be, you know, dining in a restaurant why not meet the people who are prepping my food? Why not actually get to see the person who is picking out, as I mentioned earlier, those fresh herbs or the fresh produce? Why not be able to to get to know that person so that when I'm sitting down Eating my steak dinner and all the things, I can know kind of like have this trust of feeling like there's a face back there somewhere in the mystery of the kitchen <laughs> that maybe I saw the, the way the kitchen works because you did a behind the scenes video. But don't be afraid to pull those people out either. Now, you may be looking at it and saying, well, those people are busy working in the business all day long. I don't have time to grab them and make them video ready and, and put them in a video. You might need to, to create some different processes in how you're approaching these videos. You know, you're not having to fly someone around the country, but you may need to reserve a little extra time to let them be on video for sure. Now, I will say that a lot of times when you go have your staff meeting or when you go in and you walk in and you say, I just listened to this podcast. It was amazing. There was this crazy mascot girl, Mel. She was talking about live videos and we got to do live videos. Some of your teammates are going to look at you and they're going to say you're crazy. (laughs) So you might need to pump this up a little bit and go find some examples, show them what you're looking for. But you know, you can lower the barrier of entry for them because they may feel nervous about this. Find some videos where it's just somebody on their phone. Let them know that this doesn't have to be some full-on production and that they just need to show up as who they are and share what they have and you're going to be there with them helping them out. And that's the one thing I would say is, if you're going to be having somebody else implement this for you or be on on live videos, don't make them feel like they have to do it by themselves. You can support them in many ways, and there's a whole bunch of strategies about how you can do that. And then when it comes to guests, you know, Michael, you mentioned there's probably some people that would be a better guest than others. I always say think about these types of people. Who are your favorite customers that are just bubbly and they love you and they are just always like referring you and advocating for you? You might want to consider pulling them into your live videos to not only be maybe just you can showcase their story, but honestly... They may even be able to become some sort of spokesperson for you. This is actually becoming more and more popular where people are actually letting some of their customers basically go on their in their content and advocate and talk about their stuff. I mean, what better person to educate potential future customers than an existing happy customer? So don't be afraid to look for that.
0: One of the things that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about right now is, all right, well, of all the different people that I can imagine that could be either running a regular live stream or a guest on my live show that I'm thinking of starting, I would imagine they have to be decent communicators and they also have to be pretty good on the fly because what you don't want to have happen is the, uh, mm, uh you know, like, cause unfortunately that's going to happen if they're not good on their feet and they're not good verbal communicators. So I would imagine that you're going to need to do some coaching with, some of these people, or you're going to want to go for the ones that, you know, have the gift of gab. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, what's your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great point And it's absolutely important. And that's why I think that one of the easiest places to start is to start with your customer facing team members, because they are used to effectively communicating. These are your account managers, your salespeople, your support people, the people answering your phones, you know, you're the owner of your business. I mean, honestly, so that's a great place to start. And the other thing I was going to say is that, a lot of people are going to be nervous. You might have to start with a quote-unquote guinea pig. So find that person who's willing to do it. Maybe offer them an incentive like, hey, you know, even if it's a customer, we're going to give you this. I'm telling you, Michael, if you have an amazing customer that could be an amazing advocate for you and they're going to be a shining star on, on live video, don't be afraid to do it. Pay them. Pay them as a contractor or offer them free service or something as an exchange for doing this. But thinking about these people, when you start with a few guinea pigs and it's going to actually alleviate some of the pressure and it's gonna help some of your other teammates get on board. And this is because they can now see what this looks like. So when you're like, we're gonna start creating live videos, A lot of your teammates might be like, what does that even mean? What do I have to do? Do I have to dress up? Do I have to sound a certain way? They're going to get this imposter syndrome. They're going to get nervous. Why do I have to do this? But if they can see somebody else go before them, they're going to be a lot more likely to be willing to show up on camera. And so I definitely think that it's good to find a key member, a key team member to be the normal host for most of your shows. And as you start to introduce other people, maybe in your company, or even like I said, customers, or subject matter experts outside of your company, having that regular host is, is not only going to help your audience build a relationship with that host which is also in turn building a relationship with your company but it's also going to help your teammates know that hey somebody's going to facilitate this conversation. So having somebody who can get really good at this and become, you know, kind of a, a live video expert for your company when that person who you want to bring on that maybe is not as comfortable on camera and might get nervous and say, "Uh, uh, you know, oops, Um, that facilitator can help them get through that conversation. You know, you and I, Michael, we're sitting here hanging out, we're talking, and we've talked, you know, we had a little pre-show interview. I think you should totally have a pre-show interview before you have anybody on your show, but you're the facilitator. So, you know, Michael's going to ask the questions he knows that his audience needs to hear because he knows what they want to be, get clarification on. So he's going to stop and ask a question to clarify. Your host can do that for not only your teammates, but also any other guests that you bring on the show.
0: Well, now let's fast forward to the point where we are about to go live with the objective of really trying to get some engagement going on. So give me some of your thoughts on how we can stimulate the live audience, you know, because that engagement, as you mentioned earlier, is so valuable for your customers and like you said, your prospective customers. So what are your thoughts and tips on stimulating, if you will, engagement?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, engagement comes in the form of comments, comments while you're live, as well as maybe sharing your live stream. There is engagement that's the post-live engagement strategy, but let's talk about the live engagement strategy, which is really getting comments when you're live. The first thing I'm going to say is this, do not assume or expect that your live viewers are going to know that you want them to comment. (laughs) That's the first thing I'll say, especially if you're new to going live. If they're new to seeing you live, then they're not used to watching you live. They don't know what you want from them or how they're supposed to act. And so actually prompting them. So tell them you want them. Say, you know, ask a question as you start your show. I love to ask a question that's kind of like a precursor question to what you're going to be talking about. So, you know, if you're going to be doing a behind-the-scenes, then maybe ask a question like, hey, we're going to show you how we plant and harvest our herbs today. I mean, we're just going to stick with that example today because I used it twice already. But, you know, hey, do you use herbs at home? What kind of herbs do you like? Asking those questions and saying, tell me in the comments, that's going to stimulate conversation that's also getting them into the mindset of what you're about to talk about. But it's also getting them to start commenting. So you do need to sort of give them prompts. And I love to ask questions so that they can see what you want them to do. Now, I literally mean this when I say this, you need to train them how you want them to behave in your live shows. So having kind of a show format that's reoccurring is really smart. So, you know, Michael, you have a pretty consistent format with, you know, your talk show that you do on live video, but also with your podcast. And so your audience becomes accustomed to that flow. And as you build these live videos and you keep going, your audience will become accustomed to the flow. They will know. But as you get started, you need to build that and train them how you want them to act. So starting with questions, prompt them to engage. Now, there's a couple of things you can do that will actually foster this engagement even more. So if you use an application like StreamYard, for example, which is an application I absolutely love, it makes it so easy to go live, you can actually create little banners and you can put your question on a banner that's going to show up in the lower thirds. This does not require any graphic design experience or any video experience, you literally type the banner in StreamYard and you click display and it puts it up on screen. So actually having that on screen is also key because it's just another trigger. So saying it and also displaying it is huge. Now, the other one that's massive, this is huge. So if you're multitasking, definitely take a moment and listen to what I'm about to say. When you can reward people for commenting you are not only going to get them to feel like their comment was worth it, and you see them, you hear them, and you're paying attention to them, and they feel good, right? You're not ignoring them. You're also going to stimulate other people to want to comment as well. And the way that we reward people is we read their comment out loud. So you say, I love that Christine is saying that rosemary, fresh rosemary is her favorite herb to use. She loves to use it on her steaks. That is really great, Christine. Thank you for sharing that. But also, even more, If you're using an application, like I mentioned earlier, like StreamYard, you can actually click on that comment because it's going to show up in the StreamYard studio, and you can display that comment, which is going to show it to your audience on screen. So the audience is going to see Christine's face, her name, her comment. You're going to say her name out loud. You're going to repeat her comment. You're going to tell her why you love her comment or respond to it, and you're going to thank her for commenting. You're rewarding her for commenting. You're showing her, I see you, I hear you, and now look, I'm going to show you to everybody else. Well, guess what? Now, Justine's like, excuse me, I'm going to type about how I love to use fresh basil in my cocktails. And now Justine's going to comment because she just saw that you gave Christine accolades and she's like, oh, I want her to read my comment out loud. Boom. And now David's talking about how he doesn't have fresh herbs. Should he have fresh herbs? And now you've just created, you know, not FOMO really, but it's just like, people see what's happening. They see what they're supposed to do because you're actually reacting. You're rewarding them for those comments. So that's a huge, huge thing. If you can do things like that, not only you're going to do two things, you're going to foster more engagement, but you're going to start to build the relationship. I will tell you right now, this is the number one thing that I have done so that I can actually get to know my audience. I know their first names. I know what their businesses are. I know what they've been trying to do because they come back week after week. They show up in my show and they know that my live videos are about conversation. I talk to my audience. I reward them. I display comments. We have a conversation. And here's the other thing that's really cool. You're going to start to build community because when you start displaying comments and reacting like that and you get these people commenting like this, they're going to start talking to each other in the comments of your live feed. And when you get to that place, you have hit, like the goldmine of the beauty of live video. You're not only creating a community where you're building this relationship with your audience, but they're building a relationship with each other. And when people feel like they belong somewhere, they're going to keep coming back.
0: I love the banners thing. Can you tell me some of the possible words that we should pop up on the screen with these banners just so people can understand? Because the good news is you can have somebody turning those banners on and off and they don't even need to be the person who's live, right?
1: Totally true. Yeah, you can have a backstage producer helping you do this and displaying these banners, but the banners can be whatever you want them to be. I like banners to be sort of short and punchy. And then In Streamyard, you can actually create another banner that's gonna scroll across the bottom. We call those tickers. But yeah, so like engagement things. So telling people, hey, share this stream. Tell people what you want them to do. Subscribe to the channel. That's one, right? These are calls to action. And so calls to action are great things to put into your banners. But you know, the other thing I like to do too is, you know, I talked about earlier, if you're gonna be educating somebody on something, maybe you have three key points that you're gonna go through in your show. Well, those are also great things to put in your banners. And so that when somebody jumps in to your live stream, midstream, and they're gonna be like, what is she talking about today? They could read the banner right there at the bottom of the video feed, and they know what you're talking about. And again, you're just leveling up the production value of your videos, but you're also helping your audience kind of make that decision. Am I staying? Am I hanging out? Am I commenting? What am I doing here? So, I mean, they really can be whatever you want. Again, short and punchy is really good for those banners, giving your audience instructions, but also, heck, Michael, I use banners as my like agenda so that I don't forget to say certain things. I mean, I literally am like, what was the next thing I was going to say? Okay, great. Pop that banner up. Let's go to the next topic.
0: When you're live, are you mostly interacting with the audience? Do you have like a section where you just are taking live back and forth banter or are you just kind of integrated it into your show flow? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, no that's a really great question and it really depends on the type of show and my objective for the specific show. So, for example, most of my shows, my weekly shows are really just live Q&A forum. It's a lot of back and forth, it's me taking questions. But one thing I have found in my experience is that if you just jump on and say open Q&A today, people don't even really know it. If you give them a topic And say, hey, let's talk about Instagram Reels today. Ask me questions about Instagram Reels. If you have other questions, feel free to ask. But if you give people a topic, they can create a question. They can be like, oh, I've been wondering about that. But if you just kind of go in there openly, it's sort of just like when you ask somebody, hey, what's new? (laughs) It's like, uh, I don't know. But if you say, hey, what did you do last week? Did you go on any vacations recently? Yeah, we did go on vacation recently. Okay, so it's kind of like that. Don't be vague. Be specific. But sometimes... I might walk into a live video and I might want to repurpose that live video. If I want to repurpose it, meaning be trim out some of the engagement, trim out maybe the beginning, trim out the very end and just use the middle and like literally repurpose that and put that over on you know my website somewhere or maybe upload it to YouTube as a regular video. Well then, I'm probably going to go into it. and I'm going to do some banter, some Q and A with my audience, and then I might say, "All right, everybody, get your pencils and paper, get your study, look, ready to take some notes, because I'm about to show you and share X, Y, Z with you." So let's dive in. Then I would pause, and then I would totally deliver my content. I wouldn't engage a whole lot. I would treat it like a training, right? Because if you over-engage during that training part, you're disrupting somebody's learning process, but also you're disrupting how easy it would be for you to trim that one little segment out and use it for something else, a podcast, like I said, a YouTube video. So if I go into a video like that, I may do quite as much of that, all that interaction. I'm going to interact in segments. And that's actually one of the best ways to create a good flow is to deliver key point, engage, deliver key point, engage, or let your audience know you're about to give them a really good training, get them focused, let them know and say, I'll do a Q&A at the end and then deliver your stuff and then go back into your comments and engage.
0: Melanie, this has been super valuable. If people want to check out you or the work that you're doing, do you have a particular place that you want to send them?
1: Well, obviously I'd love to see some people come hang out with me in my weekly show. So come find me on YouTube. You can just search Melanie Diane. But honestly, Michael, I'll tell you what, I've created a page specifically for your audience so that they can come learn more about me, but also get some free tips and some free resources where they can learn more about live video, building their live video strategy. And I would love to see people come to that. They can just go to MelanieDiane.com forward slash SME.
0: Yeah, and folks, Melanie Diane, Diane is spelled unique. We should state that for people that <laughs> yeah. don't see the video. It's D Y A N N. So it's melanie, D Y A N N dot com slash SME. And Melanie, do you have a preferred social channel if people want to reach out to you on the socials?
1: I am like all over the place when it comes to socials, but come hang out with me on Instagram and honestly send me a DM. Let me know if that you saw this or heard this and let me know your thoughts. If you have a question, feel free to ask, no problem. But as I mentioned, the best place to come hang out with me truly is on the YouTube channel. That's where I love to engage with everyone live. But I guess last thing I'll say, and I'll make sure there's a link to this on that page, is I have a Facebook group. It's called DIY Marketing with Melanie. And that's a community. It's open. It's free. It's really for anyone that is learning how to kind of be the scrappy marketer and do it DIY style. So if that's you and that sounds like you, come hang out with us over there. I'd love to help you out and serve you in there.
0: Melanie, Diane, Howe, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Michael. It's been a pleasure being here.
0: Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 499. And if you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long time listener, let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelsner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast-talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.